This is the Healthy Worship Team Podcast, and I'm your host, Julie Angler. If you're a worship leader who's ready to get to the next level, whether it's to help your team thrive as your church grows, become a stronger leader yourself, or to add more creativity to what you do, you're in the right place. I've spent the last 20 years leading worship, and I want to share with you the best of what I've learned. I know you've got the talent. I know you've got the calling. Now let's talk about everything else. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Healthy Worship Team. Like I said, my name's Julie, and I'm your host. I'm super excited to be here today. Uh, In the last episode, we talked about leading with bravery, understanding that as you implement change, as you lead your team into a new season, whether that's changing how you handle your rehearsals, you're adjusting your vision or your goals as a team, or even how you want to help the team grow and build an onboarding process, whatever that is, it makes sense that any change that disrupts how things have been will be uncomfortable for some people on your team. That's perfectly normal and to be expected. And for them to feel uncomfortable is not wrong. What is helpful is for you to understand that, to allow their discomfort to help you lead them well and encourage them through it, but also to know if you've made, if you've aligned your vision to your senior leader and you guys are moving in the direction that God has you, then you can hold that uh, discomfort with them and say, I know this is difficult. You've got this. We've got this. We're going to do this together. And then today we're going to talk about the importance of patience in the process. Um, this is so important to manage and understand your expectations for what this is going to look like and how long it's going to take for some of these things to take root and to really bear fruit in your team. Um, I am just the, the fastest person ever to, to catch onto a concept, to get a hold of something, be like, yep, that makes sense. Yep. We're going to move forward. This is going to be awesome. Let's start going. I, especially in my younger years leading, um, when I didn't have a team to lead, I just had to be quick to respond and quick to move myself. That served me very, very well. And it still does. Uh, I enjoy, evaluating things, understanding how they work and making decisions to the best of my ability as quickly as possible so that we can move forward into something new. But when you're responsible for leading a team, you, or I guess I can put myself in that position. At first I was frustrated when I was, when I felt resistance from my team, um, when it came to certain changes, because in my head, this makes perfect sense. This is going to be the right move to make. Um, yep. I'm going to have to lay down my preference on this. Yep. I'm going to have to let go of this old way of doing things, but that all makes sense when I'm moving forward. But for my team, first of all, not everybody has the same temperament and the same like attitude or, um, like tendency toward wanting something to change. And then also some people don't necessarily see as much of the picture because they don't have the insight that you do as a leader. And so um, understanding how to manage your own expectations of of the process of implementing change will help take some pressure off of you. And it will also help you really um, enjoy and nurture the process of change with your team and not let that pressure transpire 
transfer over into the way that you interact with them. If you feel like everything's supposed to be happening right away, right away yesterday, how do you think your team is going to feel when they're having a little bit of trouble processing through understanding the purpose of the change or um, even implementing that change? So that will translate into them feeling like they're not pleasing you, like they're not like they're not doing a good job. Um, they will internalize that feeling, and so um, so it's just super important. So um, okay, so I want to share a couple things with you, and then a quick story. So the scripture, as I was thinking about you guys, and how can I encourage you, and and what does the word say about this? Um, in James chapter one, verse two through four talks about steadfastness or endurance or in um, some other translations, this is the English standard version, but it says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing. And so I just want to kind of bring that into context for our lives as worship leaders. Some of the trials we experience are circumstantial trials that we can't control. Some of them, a lot of them are difficulties and challenges when it comes to relating to one another, to brothers and sisters in Christ. And if you've been given a team to oversee, you have people to lead, to love, to encourage, to uh, be vulnerable with, to allow them space to grow, and bet on it, bet on it that you are going to experience trials based on that. Not because they're horrible and they're the thorn in your side, but because we're all human and we're going through difficult things together. And so when I see this word trials, I want you to think about the human, real, relational trials that we experience being together in a team, you being the leader and them being underneath your authority so that when you meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may perfect you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing so instead of having this expectation that I'm going to implement a change I'm going to send out an email I'm going to send out a text message and say okay I know that we've been doing things this way but now we're going to change it and do this way. Like, I know that we've been doing two-hour practices. We're going to change our time for our practices from two hours to one hour. And then you send that email off, and for some reason, either people stop talking to you or they don't listen to you about the two hours and they stay for two hours anyways or they try to make it go longer or they don't come on time. And you're like, why isn't this just happening? Just like that. Why isn't this happening at the snap of my fingers? Hmm, this sounds like a relational trial. Let's apply some steadfastness, some patience, and some endurance into this process. Let's dig a little deeper. Let's try to workshop the problem and let's connect with our team and give them time to process and understand the change. This will reduce this will produce much better results than allowing yourself to become super frustrated at the very beginning when you, when people respond in a way that is not how you're expecting. There's another thing that I wanted to share with you. Um, there was a book that we read, um, my church staff, we read it, I want to say three or four years ago. 
And it was probably one of the most beneficial books, understanding relational or not relational, organizational success through change, how to be a resilient organization. The book is called Good to Great, and it's by Jim Collins. It's a very conceptual book. You know, some books have like a lot of application to it, a lot of this is how you do this. And then there are some books that lay out concepts for you to understand in order for you to apply it to your specific situation. This is that book, a very conceptual and very data-driven, which I appreciate. Basically, what that means is that Jim Collins did the work to understand what the real elements of great businesses and organizations, truly great organizations, um, what the common factors were. And this was one of the common factors. It's called the Stockdale Paradox. Um, Just off the top of my head, giving you the backstory, uh, Jim Stockdale was a prisoner of war in a war. I don't remember which one. Uh, Admiral Jim Stockdale during the Vietnam War. I see it right in front of me. He was a prisoner of war, and he was one of the few that made it out um, alive. And um, this this is what Jim Collins says about the Stockdale Paradox. What it is, is uh, it says, every good to great company embraces what we call the Stockdale Paradox. You have to have the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they might be, and you must maintain unwavering faith that you can and will prevail in the end. So Jim Stockdale was a prisoner of war, and he talked about the people that survived and the people that didn't. And the people, surprisingly, it wasn't the people who said, oh, we'll be home by Christmas. We're going to get out of here by this time. It wasn't people that were only positive. And it certainly wasn't people who lost their hope. It was people who could have Discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality and maintain unwavering faith that you can and you will prevail in the end. Why is this important for a worship leader? Because when you come up against a difficult challenge, whether it's very difficult circumstances, leading your team through um difficulty, bringing them through change and certain team members really having a very difficult time with it. My first instinct is to say, I can't do this. I cannot do this. They can't do this. They need to, this is not, we're not going to be able to make it. Um, we, and also sometimes our, our, our challenge is to deny the reality and to just say, it's all going to be fine. It's all going to be fine. No, we have to really look at it and say, this is the problem. This is a thing that truly needs to change in our team. And if it doesn't change, we will not be able to continue as we go. Um, We will not be able to continue much longer. When you look at your team, if you have issues with recruiting and you only have one person in every position and your church is trying to grow, if you do not figure out how to build an onboarding process and how to re- how to build a way for people to join your team if you don't already have that. If you do not do that, you cannot maintain what you're doing. Eventually, your team will burn out and eventually they will not continue to serve if they're the only ones that are responsible for that position and there's no plan for growth in that area. That is a, that is a brutal fact 
of a worship team. They will not be able to maintain the level of dedication, passion, um, energy, strength, skill, um, growth mentality. You can't, it, it's not an, you, you don't have enough in order to maintain that. You have to have a way to build the team and help grow it in order to keep those things moving forward. But the other side of it is having unwavering faith that you absolutely can and you absolutely will prevail in the end. And worship leader, I just want you to hear my voice right now. You have what it takes and your team has what it takes. You may think that that person has nothing left in them, that there is nothing that can reawaken the spark of joy in their heart for serving. And I'm telling you, I've seen it awaken in people that I thought that the that it would never come back again. You may think that you there's no way that you can figure out how to make how to change the how to get the congregation to get on board with a new style of worship or a different um, order of service, even for the service. You may think that's just an impossible task, but you need to believe and understand that when you stand up and set vision and execute that vision. You will have what it takes and you will be able to move forward in what God has for you. So once again, James uh, 1 verses 2 through 4 talks about having steadfastness so that you can be perfect and complete. And also the Stockdale paradox saying you have to be able to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality. And you also need to maintain unwavering faith that you can and you will prevail in the end. And why? Because at the end of that scripture, it says, let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. That is the purpose of being patient and having unwavering faith. If you will allow your team time to metabolize the changes and mat and practice those changes, if you will allow them the time to let those things sink in and you stay steady and unwavering in what we're going to move forward into, they will become mature, lacking in nothing. You want a sustained, um, you want a sustained change. You don't just want to change the outside of something. You don't just want to to have the look that you're successful. You don't just want to have the look of being slick and shiny and having it all together and and being talented and all those things. You want real sustained change. You want a team that can really be resilient through difficult seasons like a COVID type season or um, sustaining through a leadership change in your church. You want your team to be able to have this underlying strong foundation so that as you move forward, you can build on that foundation. So you can make it through something like a crisis, but also you can build the stronger the foundation of resilience in your team and connectivity and um, trust in your leadership, the more you can accomplish as a team. So not only can you maintain, you know, an amazing team that has tons of energy and is excited to serve and is consistent and reliable, can show up on time, will be prepared, will bring their best and finds joy in what they do. Not only that, but you'll start to see the next level, which is leaders being raised up, your leaders taking ownership, spiritual authority, and when they lead worship and stepping into those roles that you hope and dream for them to step into, you'll see things like creativity start to spark in your team. You'll see new ideas. You'll see even margin and and um, 
possibilities for things like what if your church wants to open another campus or what if they want to plant another church? Well, as you start to build that really, really resilient, strong base that we make changes, that we make decisions that are best for the team as a whole and the team, not just the team today, but the team three, four years down the line, those are the types of decisions that we're making. Once you do that, when your church says we need to plant another church, you've got, you've got leaders that are ready to go and ready to take the vision and go start a new thing in a new place. That's the dream and that's the goal. But just understand that it does take patience. It's okay for it to take a while. It doesn't all have to happen immediately. Just to bring this home, um, I think it was a couple of years ago. I think it was in 2022. I got a chance to go with um, uh, my group's pastor and his wife. And we got to go to another church in Rockland, California, which is a sister church of ours that they had just launched and they had launched cold Turkey in Rockland. And we love them so much. Shout out to Rockland, California and our family there. They were, I mean, when we went, we were so excited because they asked us to come. We were the second group of a uh, small group of people that had gone to just encourage them and love on them. And they were just a few weeks into maybe a couple months into the launch. So they had been going. So they had a launch team. Um, the, the senior pastor, he has been, he had been there for months and months being, um, doing church in his home and building his launch team and was just so full of fire and so full of excitement. And when we went, I'm telling you the passion and the excitement was electric. The team was just so on fire. Everybody was volunteers. They had a, they had a, a leadership night, um, at one of the uh, volunteer leaders homes. And it was just the sweetest. It was so sweet. There was pizza and food and everybody was so excited. There were people in their sixties all the way down to in their teens that were there and helping out so on fire for bringing this church to life. And, um, it was such a joy to encourage them. I was able to encourage the worship leader that was there. And I had been spending time with her on the phone, connecting with her and asking her lots of questions about her team and the the layout and what she had, the resources that she had and the people that she had on her team so far. And just really spent time trying to do everything I could to infuse them with confidence as they continued to launch um, and this, the senior pastor, man, he's just one of the smartest, most, most passionate, um, authentic people. He loves the Lord. He loves to share the gospel. He's such an incredible leader. He's very strategic. Um, we, we probably think a lot of very similarly and, um, all of my interactions with him, I've enjoyed very, very much. Um, and as I got to know, once I came and got to see everybody, I, I was able to start to pick up on some of the challenges and some of the strengths and the challenges of the worship team and where they were at. It was a very small team. There was a worship leader. She was starting to gather volunteers. She had um, one person that was also, f- that was from the place where they, uh, in Fort Worth, where they, their original church had, had started. They were helping plant this church in Rockland. And so they had some different people there. And as the more I got to know my worship leader, she was just helping me or being very open to share what some of her challenges were with personnel and, and figuring out how to lead and how to direct and, um, communicate well and 
um, not be afraid to uh, direct the team. And then also when there's disagreements, those types of things, how to work through those things. And so I'll never forget talking with uh, Pastor Levi and him just saying, you know, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? How can we make this happen? And um, how can we get this going? And, you know, he knew exactly what he wanted his worship team to look like and sound like because he had come from a church that was very vibrant and very strong and healthy that had, but but to, to be honest, it was, you know, 15, 20 years, uh, 15 years, I think, 15 years, you know, more mature. And so, you know, you come from that place and you're like, all right, I want that here at my church plant. Well, so I just remember talking to him and I said, listen, Pastor Levi, you have an incredible group and you are doing an incredible job and everybody's hearts are unified. But just remember, it's going to take six to nine months to start to see the the real structure and foundation of this team really take root. And everything you're doing right now is incredible and exactly what you should be doing. But if you're thinking that this is going to happen in three, four weeks, six weeks, that would that is going to give you you and your worship leader an ulcer. <laughs> and he, I just saw it all sinking in with him. And I said, this is about relationships. This is about trust. This is about vision. Every single decision that's made right now has has uh, ripple effects into the next five years of your team. And so you do not have to lock in and have the, the image that you're looking for. You do not have to have that right now. It's much more important for the deep-rooted decisions, how you're going to be excellent, how you're going to carry out the vision, how you're going to trust your leaders and empower your leaders and infuse them with confidence now it's, it's more important now, even than it is, um, later on, because what you're doing now, it sets a precedent. It tells you how you're going to approach it in the future. And I just, I kind of watched it as he was listening to me. I just, I saw him just go, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That makes total sense. And it, and I hope that it was an encouragement. I hope it took some pressure off of him that it had to be perfect or that it had to look completely and totally perfect now or consistently now. Um, and to be able to say, we're going to, we're going to focus on the, the roots of the team. We're going to focus on the character of the team. We're going to focus on the structure of the team. And as we do that, we will watch it all come together over the next several months. Um, I encourage the worship leader in the same way. And, um, I think it was awesome. And I also now just like fast forward. They are doing incredible. The church is doing amazing. It's beautiful. Um, there are passionate worshipers there and we're so excited and proud to partner with that church. So just be encouraged. Don't overpromise and underdeliver when it comes to timelines and don't put so much pressure on your team to have things mastered as soon as they understand the concept. It's easy to catch a concept it's hard to master the actual practice of something. So just because someone understands the concept of timeliness, give them time to practice with repetition, the, them changing their actual behavior into mastering the idea of being timely. Um, it's easy to understand the concept of, you know, something like uh, dynamics in your team. You know, say, say you've got your team and you're like, I really want my team to grow in understanding the dynamics of the music of the song. They're all just playing hardcore from the very beginning. 
It's easy to understand the concept. It takes years to master the practice. So allow yourself space to master. And so when you see, when you've explained something a bunch of times, just remind yourself, okay, now it's time to just put the reps in, put the repetition in. Now it's time to master the practice. Same thing with your relationship with God and same thing with you. If you're feeling super like, like you're failing all the time, I don't know. Maybe you should ask yourself if that's from the Lord or if that's the enemy just trying to get you to, you know, beat yourself up. Um, you know, there's grace for you. You don't have to be perfect at everything right away. All right. That's all I've got for you today. I'm super passionate and super pumped up about this, mainly because God has done a good work in me and is teaching me how to, um, to walk out the process. Just because I understand where we're going doesn't mean we get to get there today. So, um, yeah, that's what I've got for you. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys so much. Uh, the more that I share and the more I start to put out in words, how to encourage worship leaders, just the more passionate and excited I'm getting to continue to do that. If you are loving it, if this is encouraging for you, I would love it if you would follow me on whatever platform you're streaming from. I would love it if you'd leave a review. And also you can email me any questions you'd like me to talk about, or you just want to connect. My email address is the healthy worship team at gmail.com. See you guys next time.